Welcome back to Under Pressure. Today I have Andrew, Andrew Thompson, uh, the president and founder of Viper Tech out of Texas here today. Uh, thank you for joining us, Andrew. Man, it's my, my pleasure, my honor. Um, proud to be a part of uh, this podcast we have today. And uh, we got some different topics we want to talk about, right? Absolutely. Uh, so okay. we will we will get into everything, but today we're going to talk a little bit about Andrew's journey. Then we're going to talk about customer acquisition. We're going to talk about identifying different types of customers, and then we're going to talk about how to find good help, which are all very important topics and, and something that uh, Andrew knows about. So that's why I'm very excited to have you on here today to share the business side of the pressure washing industry, your journey with that and get any knowledge from you that you can help someone grow or start their own pressure washing business. So let's get into your story, uh, Andrew. What was your journey like? How did you get into this industry? What did that look like? Sorry about that. Okay, so um, so I started, um, long story, but I, I started at the age of uh, right before my 19th birthday. And I basically, I, I I joined the I joined the military during high school. So during high school, between my junior and senior year, they shipped me to basic training for the army because mm -hmm. I was in reserves. So they used to have a program called split ops, and you could go to basic training before your junior and senior year. So by the time you graduate high school, you're already done. You're already done with that, and you can um, after you graduate high school, you go to your job training, then you come home. And I was a reservist, mm -hmm. so I graduated high school early as soon as I got back. Graduated first semester, and then I left for like four or six months to complete my job training, and then came back home. When I came back home, I had a job lined up with my girlfriend. She's my wife now, but at the time she was my girlfriend. I had a job lined up with her grandma at a chemical plant, right? As a shipping and receiving specialist, mm -hmm. I made like thirteen dollars an hour. But this is like back in two thousand and ten, so stuff was different back then. Thirteen dollars an hour for a nineteen-year-old kid isn't that bad, right? Yeah. So. I did that for about four months, and um, I, I one day I got home on a Friday, and I got a call and said, hey, you're fired. And I got fired because of politics, because the HR manager hated my grandma, and since I was a temporary staffing agency person, they, they got rid of me. So that same night, I was really upset, and I went on Google, and I looked at different service businesses. I went across the street to Lowe's the next day with... $500 I took out of savings and I bought a little cheap piece of crap pressure washer and then that very next day I made $700 and I've never looked back since wow um, <laughs> pressure washing it doesn't matter in my opinion what service you provide or what you do it's all about your heart and your drive because anybody anybody can power wash but can you get the customers do you have do you have the motivation that it takes to get it to the next level. If I wanted to sell Topo Chico's, I could get rich off of that. Yeah. If that's where my heart and my passion is, right? Yeah. I can do that, right? It's not, the pressure washing doesn't make you money. You make your money, all right? It yeah. doesn't matter, all that. So I, I really believe in that. So now when I started power washing, I'm not gonna get into every little detail, but over the course of almost 12 years now, I have, tried multiples of different business models yep. to get to where I am now. Uh, through the four, through the first four years of my business, I would hire like day laborers for like a hundred bucks a day, stuff like that. And then like five years in, I finally hired my first employee. Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, basically throughout that whole development, I learned how to, through spending thousands and thousands of dollars, I learned how to hire employees. I learned how to, I, I learned how to scale. I learned how to do multiples of things to, to get me to where I am now, to where now I have a call center that handles the calls. I have a CRM. Everything's dispatched. My technicians know what to do. So my job is now is how many calls a day can I get the see can I get the call center? That's the only thing I really care about is I have all the systems in place to handle as many jobs as we need. My job is to make the phones ring. That's it. And that's what I do. So five years into my business, I hired about six different SEO agencies and I spent thousands of them. I didn't spend thousands because um, I wanted to, I did that so I could learn what they were doing mm -hmm. and I learned what they were doing and I became better than them in it. So now, uh, so now I basically, I consider myself like an SEO guy by trade, but I don't offer my services to, uh, individual companies or anything like that. I only do it for my own service and I, I love it. Um, yeah. and eventually it would be cool to get into something that has a much higher ROI. Um, but this is a great, this is a great business to get into. Um, if you have the right mindset and the right drive. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so let's, of, let's, that's where I'm at. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about where you are at now. So you were telling me something about, um, a new model you have, how you, you're expanding in, in maybe a different way. And I don't know how much you want to get into that. But talk a little oh, bit. I, I can get into it some. All right. Yeah. So talk a little bit about where you're at, and then after that, I'd love to get into what are the key pieces to get you there. So we, we heard the beginning of your story. You got a $500 pressure washing from Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever it was, and now once you tell us where you are, I would love to talk about what are the key pieces to get you there. Is it a call center? Is it is it this lead generation? Just share a little bit about about okay. that. Okay. So. Uh, the first thing you asked about is where I'm at now. So yeah. <sighs> four years ago, I had three carpet cleaning trucks and I had two power washing trucks and I had, and I just ha have an air truck. So I used to have like six vehicles in total. Okay. The issue I had then is well, when you have six trucks, it's basically like you, you have to spend so much money on marketing just to keep the trucks busy, right? Yeah. So there will be days where we'll make seven grand in a day, and then like it just eats away when you have two slow days in a row. Yeah. So what my business model, instead of doing just high volume, over the last five years, I've really got into like doing like high quality service for very like higher tickets. Yeah. So the customers I get now are a lot better paying, and I actually make more money than that now. So. Um, what has helped me tremendously that I've realized over the last two or three years is that I'm able to help contractors by not having them spend any money on SEO and it helps me. So now I'm in the process of like scaling my business mm -hmm. without having employees. And I basically, like I have a guy in Dallas right now that that's handling like five different cities in Dallas for me and I'm feeding him work and Basically, I get a percentage of every job that I send him, but the baseline is what he would charge the customer individually, and I just mark it up a little bit to make money on the job. And so everybody wins because he doesn't have to come out of pocket for SEO, and 
uh, and I make money too. And so it's a win, 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 win. And then what's really awesome is that when you're in a bunch of different demographics and cities, there's always more possibilities of getting more work. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I don't know how further I'm going to take this, but I I am going to take over the Dallas market completely. I'm going to take it over. My, I'm going to become the number one power washing company in Dallas, and I'm just going to have – I'm not going to have any employees. I love that. So That this is my vision. Yeah. Well, when you do that, we're going to have to have you back on the show to talk about a little bit about how you got there. But let's talk about – let's go back to this, uh, this guy you have in Dallas who you're sending customers with a little bit of markup to make something off the deal, but you're not doing the work. He is. And I saw you posted this this, this morning, I think. You posted about uh, like subcontracting out, and someone commented like, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have that work?" Or, "Oh, you're assuming everyone has this amount of work." But what I'm thinking is, when you are getting all these people with with all this SEO knowledge you have, have you done the math to see what your customer acquisition cost is, and then use that to figure out how much you have to mark up? Because I'm assuming from the guy in Dallas that you're giving jobs to. He's thinking, all right, for me to do it at this price is great for me because now I have customer acquisition cost of zero. So now I'm wondering if to find that markup, you've done that, the, the metrics on customer acquisition. And if you could share a little bit about that with us. Great question. Um, I don't do this in the Houston market. Um, the Dallas market, and I hate sharing this information because this is this takes a lot of knowledge to learn. But I will <laughs> give us the Dallas market is two to three times better ROI than Houston. Yeah. All right. What happened was I put an ad up one day about a year ago for power washing in Dallas and I sold a $600 job that would have been 200 in Houston and they didn't flinch. Wow. And then it just kept carrying on. But the guys in Dallas will do it for the same price as Houston. So it makes sense. So it's more about – so that's kind of where it is. So customer acquisition for me, if I was having to pay an SEO company to do this and then try to make money on it, yeah. it, it would be it would be pretty difficult. Uh, none of these SEO companies will actually do this model with people because they don't they don't know the pressure washing industry and they're not they, they're not willing to front money to get money on the back end, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't really compete with me. Yeah. Now that I, I could do five hundred dollars a month for SEO and do five hundred bucks a month, but hear me out on this, right? If I build somebody a site and it only gets three leads a month, right? And then they're like, oh my God, you sent me three leads, it's 500, blah. And then I got to deal with all that, right? Because that's called client SEO and there's a lot of problems with that. For a service industry related, it's not a great, it's a great market, but not in the cleaning industry, okay? Yeah. Now, but if I if I get three leads in Fort Worth and each one is marked up $300 because it's a $1,000 job, now I'm making $900 on three leads and they're happy as can be and there's never any problems ever. So that's why I do it this way. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not saying that this is going to work everywhere. Yeah. I know that in Dallas. You in, in your market. So and I understand how to charge and I have a relationship yeah. with these contractors. So I know that like – I know that like when somebody messages us about getting their house washed or whatever – I already know what that contractor is going to be okay with doing it for because I'm going to do it for the same price. I'm not asking them to lower their price. Yeah. Like uh, tomorrow I have a job actually in Houston that um, a guy called me for today, but we don't even have any availability for tomorrow. So um, the price that I gave him, it's a big company. They didn't care. He told me on the phone. He's like, yeah, man, just 
whatever you need to build me is fine. So <laughs> I already know the guys in Houston will do it for, and you know I marked it up fifty percent, and he didn't get yeah. it. He thought it was, he actually thought it was cheap. I'm like, oh my god. So left on the table. So this is important here because in this podcast. In other episodes, we've talked a lot about knowing your numbers to make data-driven decisions and the importance there. So you can know how efficient you are, what your ROI is, and, and to operate effectively. So a question I have for you is for someone who's just starting out and looking to grow, what should their, or is it different for each, for starting out and trying to grow, what should their target customer acquisition cost be? How much should they be paying to acquire a customer? The, the truth to that is that most guys starting out won't pay that price um, because they're scared. Um, uh, uh, a new customer for me, I, I usually spend up to about $100. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can get a new customer for $50, i am doing great. Yeah. That, that's about where it's at. Now, but what, what a lot of guys go wrong is they, they offer driveway cleaning for 200 bucks, and then it's costing them 50 to get it. That's a really horrible model to get into. You you always want to like try. I t- I preach this to guys, even my competitors. Stop advertising driveways. Advertise the house and the roof because if they spend eight hundred on the house, they'll spend two hundred on the driveway. You'll get. But the if house. they're calling, if they're calling you to spend two hundred on the driveway, they'll never spend eight hundred for the house ever. So it's never. easier when you do it that way to get the upsell for the bigger ticket item to get the upsell in the small. You have to go in with the bigger ticket to get everything else. Yep. You're not going to go do a job for $200 and then you're going to leave with a thousand. Yeah. I mean, can it happen? <laughs> yes, it can happen. The percentage is like probably less than 5%. Oh, wow. So you have, you have to go in with the large, I have commercial customers that call me and spend 20 grand, right? So yeah. when they call me for 5,000, they don't even care. They're like, yeah, just do it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? But on like a $200 job, the customers, they want you to, on a $200 pressure washing job for a driveway, they want you to be there for two hours. They want all this extra stuff for free, blah, blah, blah. On an $800 power washing job, it's, oh, hey, 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 Andrew, I didn't tell your, your, your office this on the phone, but I also wanted to add this and this and this. And just, mark, just add it to the invoice. I don't care. Yep. That's what it is. So – now, but in order to get those types of customers, you have to brand yourself well. Branding is key, man. Branding right. is key. Like people, you know, there, there's people that, that order from Papa John's and Pizza Hut, and there's people that go to Little Caesar's Pizza and get a $5 to go, right? Yeah. Different types of people. A lot of people try to go get that Little Caesar's Pizza, but they they, they but they but they want to try to get $200 worth out of that Little Caesar's. It's, it's not happening. Yeah. So let's talk about branding a little bit because before the show, you and I had spoke spoken and you were talking a little bit about using your logo for branding and leveraging that over a name. Can you tell me a little bit about the idea behind that? Yes. As far as a logo goes, right, um, you really want to brand yourself with a logo because what ends up happening in this business when you when you do end up doing – high revenue, you have multiples employees and all that stuff, is you'll end up getting in a situation where you're like, you know, I do pressure washing, but all these customers I have, they're willing to get more services from me. So if I can offer carpet cleaning and parking lot striping and gutter cleaning and all that stuff, and it's just ViperTech with the logo, I can use ViperTech for anything. But if I brand myself as Thompson's pressure washing services, 
um, why the hell or heck, sorry, why would they call me to yeah. paint their house if I'm a pressure washer, right? So you're, you're not painting so, yourself into a corner. You're giving yourself options. You do. And when you first start out, you don't really realize this until you get older. Like yeah. there's a there's a company in Houston called John Moore Services, right? It's just John Moore Services. You you call them, they'll do they'll do HVAC plumbing, whatever you want, they make it happen. Yeah. And what so, you, what you begin to realize in this industry, and all industries together, it's all about leveraging. Yeah. Because, yeah, I might pay a hundred dollars to acquire a customer, but what if, what if I, get that customer. And then now they call the next week for carpet cleaning. Yeah. Oh, and then they have a friend that does uh, – the friend needs their parking lot washed, right? So what are you doing after you get your customer is going to make the biggest significant impact in your whole business? Yeah. It's, so to me, it's just glaring here is that as you're trying to grow your, your company, if you started out as a pressure washer, it sounds like there are a lot of people – and you see this at all, all the trade shows. There are a lot of people who are growing through offering additional services. Uh, I'm sure that's what you have done because it just makes sense if you're if you're really killing it on the SEO and the customer acquisition, you've already spent the fifty to hundred dollars to get the customer. Why not offer them additional services so you can get that average ticket price up if you already have the customer and you're already paying for it, right? Is that is yeah. that your mentality? Mentality is this. You're, you're spot on. If we go to I'll give you an example. Last Monday, not this Monday, last Monday, my guys went and cleaned air ducts in a lady's home, okay? In my neighborhood, actually. Um, she was like, oh, my God, it looks so good, blah, blah, right? To my two technicians that were there, hey, do you know anybody that does painting? They asked my technician. Yeah, our owner actually owned – he actually does contracting too. So yeah. you need to call our owner immediately, right? I went over there and I quoted her. I, I got pictures of the whole inside of her house, everything she wanted done. And I already have a sub for painting. He does work for my house, everything. Send him a price. He's like, hey, $4,500. i will do it. Four-day job. Explain the whole process, blah, 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 blah. And then I told her $5,600 and I made $1,100 to do nothing. I made more money on that job than I did the air duct job. And my cost was zero. Wow. And that's the issue is that most guys don't think this way. And they won't. And it's okay not to. But you're going to make way more money if customers – can get more services from you because at the end of the day, here's the deal, right? Here's what I've learned and here's my mindset, right? Every single construction company, they never do work in-house. It's always subbed. Customers know that when you buy a paint job or anything, the owner of that company is subbing it out, right? But you're paying them because they have knowledge. They're going to be able to get the paint cheaper than anybody else. They're the experts. They're going to deal with the problems and customers know this. So when I started realizing that, it really opened up my mind like, okay, well, if I don't do this, they're just going to call the next guy and he's going to sub the painting and he's going to make the money. Yeah. That's all this is. It's either you get yeah. with the program or you don't. And there's nothing wrong with not doing this. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to do any of this. You don't have to deal with any of it. I just think that if you have a customer that really likes you and wants to do business with you and they get multiple services with you, why not offer them everything? Yeah. It, well, it's not necessarily pressure washing. Obviously, I'm having uh, Andrew on the show today because this is an interesting way to scale your company. I think this is a really interesting model. And I'm excited to get a little bit more into it in a moment. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, Pair Payments, but we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason. 
But what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn? It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. All right, we are back with Under Pressure. Today we have Andrew Thompson, the president and founder of Viper Tech out of Texas. And Andrew, thank you so much. So far, we've had some great information from you. Great model to scale. It was nice to hear your journey uh, and to hear a little bit about you know acquiring these customers and then to hear about this new model you have and, and how you're really growing. I'm wondering if we could segue into finding good help and not only just finding good help with your teammates and your employees, but also how do you find these subcontractors that you're using um, to grow with this model? Okay. So I'm going to start off with employees first, not subcontractors, right? So with employees, right? With employees, right? There's a lot of guys in this industry, including me, where I would hire day laborers, which is like 1099 guys, to help me when I needed jobs, right? But ultimately, that doesn't work because when you pay somebody by the day, there's really not a whole lot of – any. if you can't put somebody in a position to grow with you, uh, you you basically limit your capability, right? Yeah. So, I I highly recommend to stay out of that way. Like, if you're just calling guys because you want to pay them a hundred bucks to come help you, 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 that that will never get you anywhere, right? So, with me, right? I've I've always thrived in an environment where I can control the amount of money I make to mm -hmm. an point, right? So my my guys are all salary plus commission based, and so. Whenever they're working 12, 14 hours a day, they don't cry. They, 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 I get text messages in the evening, where, hey, Andrew, we're crushing it, bro. Let's go. Tomorrow, make sure we have more jobs. Like, crush it, right? So you have to get people that are like you in your business because I'm trying to figure out a way to really define this. It's more of you have to find people that you work very well with and put them in an opportunity to thrive. If you do that, you will have long-term success because having a high turnover in this industry will ruin your business. It's, you won't be able, it's too expensive. These guys are highly qualified. So I, I don't have anybody that makes less than 50 grand a year that works for me. I won't do it. So if you can't make $1,000 a week between commission and yeah. payroll or whatever, like $1,000 a week in today's world, you're struggling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you can't make at least a thousand dollars a week, you're struggling. So I try to make sure that I put my guys in a position to have success. So if they're not making money, it's because I'm not doing my job. I put everything on my shoulders, and I lead by example, and I and I make sure that we have plenty of work. Because if if we don't have plenty of work, then they're not making enough money. So if they're not making enough money, I get mad because I want them to make as much money as possible. Because if yeah. you look at the mindset of me, okay. If I look at the mindset of, oh, I need to make as much money as possible, right? Screw my guys, right? That's not a healthy business model. But if, if I if I look at every day like, how do I put more money in all these guys' pockets so they can make as much money as possible? Yeah. 
then I'm going to reap the rewards. And they'll be happy. And in this in this podcast, we have talked in prior episodes. Actually, it may have been the last episode of the episode prior to that. We talked a lot about a, a lot about the cost of hiring wrong and the cost of a high turnover rate and how how valuable your business retention and and training is and and treating your teammates well. So basically. My question here, and it's a big question for you, is to all the people that you hear in the industry saying, hey, we can't find the right people or no one wants to work. What do you say to that? Where do you go to find these right people? Uh, the mindset of that individual, they're not willing to make the investment that it takes to get the right person. Because if I live in in Houston, right, the market yeah. here might be different than Iowa. But if in Iowa I had to pay people $3,000 a week, I would make that work and how I would make it work is I would make sure that I got the right customers to make it right. If I have C customers, I can't have A employees. I can I'm only glad. have A I can only have A employees with A customers. That's it. There's no way around yeah. it. So if I, I love- have guys doing cheap work all day, I cannot pay them but chump change. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I got excited because this is the perfect segue into identifying customers. So for anyone who is uninitiated and has no idea what you're talking about when you say A and C customers. Can you explain to us how you identify customers and how that Man, works? This is, you got me wired up now. <laughs> right, so look, look, we're going we're to start with C customers, all right? Yeah. And I'm going to give an example for each. All right. A C customer is somebody who calls you, they want a $1,000 service and they want to pay 200 bucks, right? Yeah. And then you commit to doing the job, right? And then guess what happens? You show up in their driveway, they answer the door, and then they say, oh, I'm so sorry. I called the office yesterday to cancel this appointment. Um, I'm sorry that they didn't tell you. And then they waste your time. Yep. And when I first started, that's what made my mind go crazy. Like my brain couldn't mentally handle it, right? So yeah. I did a lot. And that's really a C customer. A C customer is somebody who calls – what I found out about C customers, generally a C customer has, and I don't mean to say this in a bad way, so please don't take it that way. A C customer is generally somebody who has never had, who has never been in charge of people, have never been in a leadership role, has never had much success in their life. Doesn't yeah. mean they're a shitty person, but they don't understand the values of what a company has to go through, right? Like yeah, hiring absolutely. employees, spending money on fuel and, and payroll before they ever show up. The there, there's, money, there's money a company already spends before the service ever gets done. All right. So you say you say see you later to the C customers? Yeah, we just don't don't deal with them, right? <laughs> yeah. Now a B customer, right? I, I have a lot of B customers because you can't only have A. It's the companies who only have A customers is only commercial. Oh that's a whole different topic. But yeah. B customer, a B customer is somebody that like, you know, they'll, they'll pay you 500 bucks for the $500 service. Good customer. They might not be super loyal, but they're, they're a good customer to have. You can grow with them. And a lot of times you, once you do work for a B customer, uh, they might turn into an A. And I'm going to tell you why, because sometimes a B customer may have had a shitty experience with a previous service company. And then you go out there and you change their whole mindset. So now they're willing to pay more money. So now when they call back to get services done again, they don't even ask for the price, right? So that becomes like a B plus. A B plus customer is for me is somebody who calls and says, Andrew, I've already seen all your reviews. I know two people who have used you. 
just come do it, send me an invoice, right? That's like a B plus. B plus A, right? An A customer is an A customer is somebody who who helps your business grow, right? These these are customers who who'll spend more than a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars on a, on a service, right? Like an A customer for me is somebody who gets their air ducts cleaned, their carpets cleaned, and their whole house power washed. That's three service trucks I send to their house that same day, right? That's an A customer. I can grow with those. I need more of them, right? Yeah. And A customers are also customers who get pressure washing and carpet cleaning. So those are like two services, two different trucks. Like I look at it like if they're willing to have two different trucks in their house um, for different services, that's like a really good A customer to me because they, they value like the cleanliness of their home, et cetera, et cetera. So B customers is kind of what keeps you in business. That's how you make your payroll and all that stuff. And then A customers really kind of get you over the top, right? Like I had a customer we did three weeks ago, a commercial lady. It was like a $2,500 job we did some parking lot striping for. A week later, because I, I, I follow up strong with these people because, you know, if they're willing to spend 2500 for striping, they, they, they know somebody or got more jobs. So I kept following up. A week goes by, and this Sunday night I got a text. Hey, Drew, got the other one approved, you know. That's 7100 If I would have never followed up with her, I would have never got 7100 But she's an A customer because she just spent 2500 and now a week later she's spending 7000 and doesn't care. Yeah. Because So that's really the difference. And then the, the question is, is, okay, well, how do you get A and B customers? Yeah. Why do C customers call, right? That is the question. So you have to get – your, your lead flow in your business, however you decide to make that work, you got to have way more leads incoming than, than jobs, right? Like if, if you get 30 call, if, if I get 30 calls a day, I might book 10 of those, right? Or 15 of those. It just depends, right? But if I'm only getting 10 calls a day and I got to keep three trucks busy, I better book all 10, right? So because I get so many leads, I can weed them out. And then a lot of times a B customer will convert to an A. So... And then how you how you advertise and how you brand yourself is key. If you if you advertise price, you get price shoppers who call. Okay, you you give them a reason to call for price. Even if I advertise four ninety nine or even eight ninety nine, they're still going to call for price. I'm willing to give them a price through advertising. They're calling for a price. If I don't give them a reason to call for price, they're not going to call for price. Mm -hmm. All right. So I brand my carpet cleaning business as. I have a very nice van. It's wrapped, nice equipment, everything. So uh, usually when people see that, they're like, oh, my God, he's a top-tier carpet cleaner. And if they're cheap, then they just don't even call because yeah. they don't want they, – they know I'm a Lamborghini service, and, I, and, I, and that's what I offer. And my technicians and everybody's on the same page. So if they don't want that Lamborghini, they're not calling me. And I'm okay with that. I don't care. I don't want their business. Yeah. If they want the Oldsmobile 1980s, they're going to call the guy with the $99 bandit sign on the side of the road. So you brand, your, you brand yourself to be a tr to attract the clients for you, the right customers for you. Yes. And then whenever you do jobs for an A customer, they're, they're the ones that usually refer you. What I have found is that services that are $500 or more have a higher percentage rate of referral than $500 or less. So if we do a service – that's $500 or less, the referral rate is very low. $500 or more, the, the referral rate's much higher. 
Interesting. Yeah, Why do you think that is? Oh, it's because whenever you go buy a Ferrari, you tell all your friends about it. If you go buy a 1980 Oldsmobile, you're embarrassed and you don't want to tell anybody. That's really interesting. So what it's, are it's, it's psychological. If you go put new rims on your truck right now, are you are you sending a picture to somebody? Oh yeah. Okay. If you go to McDonald's, are you going to tell anybody you went to McDonald's? No. Exactly. That's all it is. That's it's, interesting. And I, I feel like the psychological way of how humans behave and their natural yeah. behavior and the way their brain works is something that I had to learn. Uh, yeah. Because if you can understand that and the way we think, it makes it it makes it it makes it easier, you know. So one thing I love to talk about on the show is resources, the books, podcasts. I mean, obviously, this is a resource for anyone in this specific industry, and that's why we bring these guests on. But one resource that works for any industry that I want to bring up here is story branding. It's a way to market by thinking about your. It's a great book. I highly recommend it if, if anyone here hasn't read it. But um, story story branding and learning how to be a story guide and understanding how a customer thinks and the customer journey is so important. And this is exactly what Andrew is talking about, which is thinking about, all right, what is the thought process of my customer and how can I hack that, hack that thought process and make it work for me? So Andrew said, all right, I know now I've classified these customers. I know which one I want to target. And then he's kind of tweaked his branding to target those people based on what they're looking for, what they're thinking. And that also qualifies jobs. What he's saying about, you know, having everything look on point so that people know it's going to be high level service but also high level price. And that price that immediately psychologically prices out. These people are qualifying themselves. They're saying, hey, I'm not gonna call him because I don't want that service for that much, whatever. This is huge. Just it can work at any price point, whatever customer you're going for, you just have to tweak your branding and think, all right, this customer, put yourself in their shoes, have some empathy, and say, all right, what are they looking for? What are they going to want to see? Is that right, Andrew? Yes, and what I've done with my business is we're basically like Amazon, right? So yeah. the number one business in the world, in my opinion, that use every day is Amazon, right? Like, if we want, like, if we, if we want anything we want, it's at our fingertips. We don't have to work yeah. for it. We don't have to make phone calls, right? Well, with oh, yeah. Microtech, I have so many customers who will let us clean their carpets when they're at work because they've already used this once though. When a customer uses, like I preach my business model is we like to service the customer when they're not home. All right. Because it, it breaks up a lot of issues. Like if we do a job too fast or whatever the case may be. And then a lot of times people work during the day. So we'll wash their house when they're not there. And then we make them pay very easily on their terms. So like we don't bug them for payment. We will send a link and if they don't pay within 24 hours, we'll call. But we don't bug them. And what I have found is that when people come to my house and do service and they're like real needy about getting a check right away, it's kind of a – kind of it's not that it's not okay for me to write them a check right then and there. It's more of like it's, it becomes kind of a pain in the ass, right? You're, yeah. you're not making it easy for me to do business with you. The easiest, like, you know, the easier that you can make it to where someone can do business with your company, the more the more customers you're going to get, right? Just have a system where you just turn jobs and just make it so easy for the customer to call, book, text, whatever they want to do. Make, make that process as seamless and as easy as possible. Absolutely. All right, so Andrew, um, thank you so much for all this fantastic information. Uh, before we wrap up, I just have a couple more questions for you. 
I love to do a little bit of resources at the end of these shows. Are there any resources that you recommend for our audience to go check out that are just a wealth of knowledge, whether it be a book, TV show, podcast? Yes, right All right. Hold on. For anyone who's not on audio or who is only on audio, he's getting a book. All right. That book right there. The Pumpkin Plan. Yes. By Mike Malkowitz, actually, huh? Yeah. You I have that a book? book. I have Get Different up on my bookcase by him. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the number one thing that changed my life with business. All right. <clears throat> and this is very important. I think this is huge because you have to have a mentor. All right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be in the same industry, but somebody that you can look up to and be like, "Dang, man, they're killing it." They're crushing it. They they have knowledge. Okay. What happened for me was I had a buddy. I have a buddy who lives in Dallas. And I'm, I'm, we've been friends for about 10 years since when I first started. And his wife and my wife are best friends. So I've known him since I was like 19. So we before I had kids, we'd go up there all the time. And we'd all hang out before we had kids and families. And he was like, Andrew, you know, he heard me talking to customers on the phone about $100, $200 jobs. And he looks at me, he says, Andrew, why do you charge so low for this? And he's like, do you realize that it doesn't matter what you're offering? It's just how, how about how you sell it, right? doesn't yeah. matter. So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, hey, next weekend, come up here for four days. You're going to go on sales jobs with me, right? So he has a fencing company that sells fences, right? And so we go to, the, we go to these – the first estimate we go to, we go sit at the house Customers really not interested in, not a, they're not big talkers and all that stuff. Well, we're there an hour, bro. We end up at the kitchen table, and he spills everything out to these customers, treats them like family, makes them one hundred percent believe that they're family. Cuts them a thirty-seven thousand dollar check on the spot. All this just writes it out. All right, we leave, and he's like, "Bro, I just made ten grand on that sale." I'm like, "What? Ten grand?" He's like. Other companies would have charged her twelve grand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you charge versus your competitors. I don't. He's like, I don't care. I don't care if I'm at a hundred dollars a foot and they're at twenty. I don't care. Customers, they want what I have, and if and I I know how to get them to get what I what they want. So like, I I one hundred percent believe, and I wholeheartedly believe this. You should never, ever, ever base your pricing. On what somebody else charges ever mm-hmm. no matter what you do ever I it doesn't mean that you got to charge a thousand that somebody else charges 200 I'm not saying that but I'm saying that like if you're having to ask what to charge then why are you even in business you should know like how much however much money you want to make on that job that's up between you and the customer has nothing to do with me it's irrelevant you know yeah well, because everyone has different levels of service and different costs for, for their time, for labor, for, yes. for materials. So at the end of the day, yeah, you do have to just figure out, all right, what's my markup going to be? What's my profit margin going to be at the end of the day? What do I want my bottom line to look like? And what works for me? So that makes so much sense. Why are you going to base it off of someone who might have a totally different set of costs, fixed and variable, and have a totally different set of standards? Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you offer the customer? I can tell you that my return rate with my company is huge. That's what I preach. Like I, I tell customers this and my call center does. Hey, Susie, by the way, we wanted to let you know that when you become a Viper Tech customer, 
you're not just a customer, you're part of our family. And our number one goal for you is to make sure that after this service is completed, that you'll never call another company for a service again. You'll only call Vibrotech. And that's our 100% commitment to you. That's what we tell them, just like that. Wow. We make a commitment, and that's what we do. We, we, we only, and I tell them, I'm sorry that we can't go down on our price, because then I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do the top quality job that you're wanting. What you're wanting, I, I, can't, I can't do it for that price, because then I can't guarantee our work, you know? Yes. Yeah. I tell that's a great way to say it. Yeah, that's a yeah. great way to say it. You're part of the family. We want the best. And we only want you if you want the best. We don't want you if you don't want the best, you know? Yeah. yeah. These, these same people buy Louis Vuittons and shit, bro. <laughs> most, most of the time, it's just they're not valuing what you're telling them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much for this fantastic information. One last question I have for you is okay. someone starting out a business. We know you did it with $500 at Home Depot. Someone's starting out right now. What do you recommend they start with? What's the number one thing to do and maybe the number one thing to not do when you're starting out a pressure washing company? Somebody that has no prior business experience? Yeah, someone who's just starting. Number one thing, man, crap. It's a tough question, I know. <laughs> I don't think the equipment you buy matters. Yeah. I, I think you got to invest money into being able to get jobs. And I, I would say that's probably number one. And at the end of the day, that's why this is a business podcast, not a technical podcast, because you can have any equipment. Everyone uses different equipment. I know the standards that people really like for equipment, but at the end of the day, it's a business. So would you say that the most important part of running your pressure washing business is learning how to run a business? Facts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and what's the biggest thing to avoid, Andrew, while you're starting out? Man, you're gonna have mistake. to take on you're gonna have to take on C customers. You're not gonna you can't just get A customers right off the bat. You can't. Yeah. I mean, can you? Yes, if your marketing budget is if you, if you tell me, Andrew, I want to start a company in Florida, and you tell me you got a fifty thousand dollar budget, I mean, we can get you A customers right off the bat. But it's yeah. gonna take a lot of branding and a lot of stuff so yeah right. I it's tough all right well <laughs> nice yeah. being on underground podcast under pressure thank you very much andrew for joining us on under pressure thank you to the audience um we have a great great roster of guests coming your way as always so stay tuned and please like share subscribe send it to your friends who are looking to start or grow their pressure washing company we're gonna have great experts and people who have done it in the industry just like andrew coming on the show every week so thank you andrew thank you to the audience and we will see you next week if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit the bell so you won't miss our next episode. This episode was produced by Jake Aronson. This has been a Pair Payments production.